homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. The question that's come in is, is it possible to identify a stream enterer? If so, what are the characteristics or identifying traits? Isn't this the way that uh, we all are? We all want to be able to identify noble ones, whether they're stream enterers, sakatagamis, anagamis, and so on, even arahants. We always try and take measure and see whether we can find someone like that, whether it's our teachers or even our kalyanamitta, both monastic and lay. So uh, this is an interesting question because even when someone declares, uh, you know, there are teachers who declare I'm a arahant and so on and so forth, um, we always also want to check, is it is it true? Uh, is this person, you know, what they say they are? So this is quite a useful question because the Buddha actually uh, has some instruction and advice uh, that is given even to uh, Venerable Ananda and even to Venerable Sariputta that quite interesting to answer this question. The first sutta that we'll look at in order to answer the question is actually the Migasala Sutta and it appears twice in the Anguttara Nikaya or numerical discourses. The first is in chapter 6 and the second is in chapter 10. And this story is about this laywoman called Migasala. And she had a father and an uncle. Her father was celibate and her uncle was a lay householder who was, wasn't celibate. And when they both died, they uh, were reborn um, in the same Deva realm and they were both said to be once returners, so Sakadagamis. And so when Venerable Ananda came across Migasala, Migasala was saying to Venerable Ananda that she couldn't understand the Buddha's teaching. How could it be that her father who was celibate and her uncle who wasn't celibate could end up in the same destination and have the same uh, fruit of practice? So when this was said, Venerable Ananda went back to the Buddha and, and mentioned this conversation that he had with Migasala. And so the Buddha called her a foolish person because of the way that she was measuring and judging spiritual progress and that she didn't have the means to understand it. And essentially, Buddha went through six types of uh, individuals and gave uh, different examples of how they had different qualities that only a Buddha could actually see. So Buddha's words to Venerable Ananda was, Ananda, those who are judgmental will pass such judgment on them. This one has the same qualities as the other. One should, why should one be inferior and the other superior? That judgment of theirs will indeed lead to their harm and suffering for a long time. And then he gives different descriptions. And then after each one, he says, therefore, Ananda, do not be judgmental regarding people. Do not pass judgment on people. Those who pass judgment on people harm themselves. I alone or one like me may pass judgment on people. So Buddha's actually discouraging all of us to, uh, from judging people and measuring uh, where their spiritual progress is at. So although we might be curious, although we might want to check, uh, Buddha's actually discouraging it and in quite a strong way because he's saying that it will harm us if we actually do so and that only the Buddha or anyone like him, which is really other Buddhas, do, are the only ones with the capacity to actually pass judgment or, or take measure of individuals. 
And in the case of Migasala, what the Buddha said was her father was actually um, endowed with uh, good virtue. And it was the same as the wisdom that was endowed in her uncle, Isidatta. So she wouldn't have been able to see that. She wouldn't have been able to see that uh, her father's virtue was equal to her uncle Isidatta's uh, wisdom. And so that way she was actually causing harm to herself by passing judgment and also by, I guess, uh, besmirching the Buddha by actually almost ridiculing to the point of ridiculing his teaching or, or passing judgment even on the Buddha's teaching. So if we fall into the trap of getting the judgment wrong, of taking measure and getting it wrong, making the wrong assessments, maybe even casting aspersions at different people, then there is always a risk. And so it's actually good to refrain. And so as part of answering this question, I think that's something that needs to be uh, taken on board, that Buddha actually discourages us from looking at the spiritual progress and passing judgment, taking measure of other people as much as we would like to. Buddha is saying we can harm ourselves by doing that. The next sutta that we can look at is called the Dutya Lakundaka Badhya Sutta. And it's actually in the Udana uh, 7.2. And this was where Venerable Sariputta was actually encouraging, educating, teaching, giving a Dhamma talk to a fellow monk. He was, he was firing up and, and trying to provide some inspiration. And what he didn't realize was that the monk that he was teaching was already an Arahant. He had assumed that he was still a trainee, a Seika. And the Buddha had come out and seen that this was what Venerable Sariputta was doing. And so he uttered this verse, which was, They've cut the cycle, gone to the wishless. The streams are dried, they flow no more. Cut, the cycle no longer turns. Just this is the end of suffering. So what's quite interesting about this particular uh, verse and story is that even an Arahant cannot recognize another Arahant. And so when you think about us in terms of wherever we are at, if we are trying to take measure of others, it's actually quite difficult. If you can fathom that Venerable Sariputta with all his noble qualities, second to the Buddha alongside Venerable Mahamukalana, who um, also had the analytical knowledges, the Patisambhida, then um, it, it's actually quite remarkable that he couldn't even uh, figure out that this other monk did not have um, any further to go, that he had actually finished the task, reached the goal. And so when you compare that to us trying to measure, to try and find the characteristics of a Sotapanna, a Sakadagami, an Anagami, an Arahant in those around us, then it's an impossible task. And not only that, of course, the Buddha discourages us from actually doing so and then verbalizing, taking actions and, and maybe getting into trouble by, by making the wrong judgments. So this is another sutta that's actually quite helpful in terms of how difficult it is to actually judge and measure another one's, another person's spiritual practice. There is this sutta called the Bahudatuka Sutta, which is in the Majjhima chapter 115. And it actually lists out six kinds of wrong actions that can't be done by a person accomplished in, in right view. And so that would entail someone who has entered the stream, such as a stream enterer. 
because the Noble Eightfold Path begins with the right view. And so that would also include a Sakatagami, a once-returner, an Anagami, a non-returner, and of course an Arahant. So the six kinds of wrong actions that are impossible for such a person to do is murdering one's mother, murdering one's father, murdering an Arahant, injuring a realized one with malicious intent, so that's the Tathagata, uh, impossible to cause a schism in the Sangha, and impossible to acknowledge a teacher other than the Buddha. So in this way, um, although it's very difficult, as we've seen from the other two suttas we went through, to identify uh, or measure, actually, and also the Buddha discourages from measuring people, yet I guess it's possible to say who isn't a stream entry because if someone if you read in the news for example someone has murdered their father or or mother then you know that person is is definitely not a stream entry uh, someone who causes a schism in the sangha someone you know who that who's actually done that well you know that person is not a stream entry and quite often the one that is most uh, noticeable is when you take a teacher other than the buddha so this is probably something that is more obvious that okay that person isn't because they've taken you know a different teacher other than the buddha but yet again you know these things are, are said by the buddha but as we know he also teaches that it's very difficult and he actually discourages us from actually trying to identify if we go to the ratana sutta this also has, it's quite a long sutta actually, in the Sutta Nipata, uh, number 2.1. It's actually quite a long sutta because it's talking about the three jewels, so Buddha Dhamma Sangha. But when it refers to Sangha, there's a few paragraphs which are very useful to contemplate. And uh, the, the parts that, rather than go through the whole thing, the, the parts that are actually quite useful in terms of being able to recognize or identify a stream entra again it repeats about it's impossible for a stream entra to do any of the six terrible uh, things or the six wrong actions and then it goes on to say that even if they perform a harmful deed with body speech or mind it is impossible for them to conceal it so what this means is that a sotapanna or or even a sakatagami anagami arahant if they happen to do something in terms of minor misdeeds with body, speech or mind, uh, they, they refuse to actually uh, discount it or ignore it. And if someone accuses them, they would admit to it because they understand that it's not a personal affliction. It's something that has unwholesome karma. And by admitting it, then they can take steps to actually rehabilitate or one, abandon that kind of wrongdoing, and then do two, cultivate wholesome conduct. And so in that respect, that's one of the things when you come across even Kalyanamitta and you actually, through Anumana Sutta, say to them, I see something in you that is uh, not good. If you were to improve it, um, this would be good for you. And you give them the example of what it is. A good person, and particularly a stream entry or more, would actually say thank you. Thank you for telling me that. And they would reflect on their uh, conduct. And if it's true, they would admit it to themselves and to that person. And in that way, they would then take steps to rehabilitate or even cultivate, more so cultivate the wholesome 
Uh, most of the time it's the opposite of one, what one is doing, to actually refrain. And in that way, that's one easy way of actually recognizing. It doesn't mean that you can declare the person a sotapanna, but it's a way of saying this is a, a, a quality of a stream intro, and so this is something that is very good. And it's very good to see because when you encounter someone who has this kind of behavior, it's very encouraging because they're not taking it personally. And they also understand the Dhamma in a particular way that they want to actually overcome it. And when you're around someone who wants to overcome it, you too take that example and then try and replicate it yourself to say, actually, why am I trying to hide um, something that I've clearly done that is wrong? Hiding is actually breeding defilements because if you remember, if you're pretending to have sila that you don't, that's hypocrisy, that's maya. So when you go through the Vatubhama Sutta, that's something that one doesn't want to breathe. You don't want to deceive anyone. Uh, and that's part of Metta Bhavana as well. When you go through the Karaniya Metta, uh, someone with Metta doesn't want to deceive another in any kind of way. And that's a quality of a stream mantra or, or more. We could also possibly look at attributes of stream entry. So these are the states of stream entry that you have this great confidence in Buddha Dhamma Sangha and you have the virtues dear to the noble ones. So if you are around somebody who actually demonstrates that Buddha is the teacher, they don't have any distrust towards Buddha, they don't have any distrust towards the teachings of the Buddha, that they actually gravitate to the Dhamma, that um, they also... Uh, have a trust that there are noble ones in the world, that there are people who have entered the stream, that there are people who have practiced before us. And then when it comes to Aryakantasila, this virtue dear to the noble ones, you can get an idea probably that someone who actually practices the Noble Eightfold Path, that they're unwilling to kill living beings, that they're unwilling to um, have sexual misconduct, to take what isn't being given, that they actually demonstrate, that they actually demonstrate that they encourage you towards refraining from these bad things at a physical level. Then at the speech level, if you see that they actually do their best to refrain from false speech, harsh speech, divisive speech and frivolous speech, that they're someone who doesn't cultivate those things, that they actually try and stick to walking in the, in the footsteps of the noble ones and they encourage you as well to do that and they're always praising uh, walking on the wholesome side of moral virtue, then that gives you an idea that maybe this person could be a stream enterer. And as I said, the Buddha discourages us from measuring and we cannot know for sure because an arahant doesn't even know an arahant. So we cannot know for sure. But this gives you an idea if someone has these qualities uh, then they are probably able to declare themselves a stream intra. And again, when it comes to uh, in the chapter 55 of the Sangyutta Nikaya, the link discourses, you have other suttas, including this, the Pati Sutta, which looks at uh, if you have different qualities. So you still have the uh, perfect confidence in Buddha Dhamma Sangha, but the one that's different is this. A fourth one which says if you have a mind that's devoid of the stain of stinginess so you don't have any macharya any of the five macharyas and you're freely generous you're open-handed you delight in relinquishing and you're devoted to charity delighted in giving and sharing so if you have these four then 
uh, what happens is also you could declare yourself a stream enterer. So quite often when you see someone who has this uh, refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha and they have this very strong capacity for generosity and also for relinquishment, then it's quite likely that that person is a stream enterer, that they themselves could declare themselves a stream enterer. So that's another way of identifying characteristics. There are a number of suttas on the fetters that are abandoned upon stream entry. And these fetters are known as sakaititi, so personal existence view or some form of view on individuality or the existing body. Uh, there's also vichikicha, which is about doubt, and also silabata paramaso, which is around misapprehension of virtue, uh, conduct and observances. So one of the suttas is this Sarada Sutta, which we have here. It's in the Anguttara Nikaya, chapter 3, discourse number 94. And in this, the Buddha is likening the uh, arising of the eye of the Dhamma, so the Dhamma charcoal, and the giving up of these three fetters. And he's likening it to a cloudless spring sky. In fact, his words are, after the rainy season, the sky is clear and cloudless, and when the sun rises, it dispels all the darkness from the sky as it shines and glows and radiates. So that's what the Buddha is likening, uh, the arising of the Dhamma eye, and then also the giving up of the three fetters. Now, the three fetters is often used by both lay people and monastics to kind of try and gauge whether they have entered the stream. And what's interesting for lay people is that the Buddha doesn't often get asked the question about uh, unshackling yourself from the fetters by lay people back in the time of the Buddha, nor did the Buddha actually emphasize it uh, for most of the suttas for lay people. That's just not to say that he wouldn't have factored it in, but in terms of self-declaration of stream entry, the Buddha never used uh, the, the fetters as a, as a means of being able to self-declare now, when it comes to gauging in another person, as we know, the Buddha has discouraged us from measuring other people. And also there's that sutta about an arahant not recognizing an, another arahant in the case of <clears throat> Venerable Sariputta. So when you even look at the three fetters, it's actually really difficult to gauge that in another person. So if you take the example of Vijikicha doubt, there are eight kinds of doubt that one needs to overcome in order to become a stream enterer for you to be unshackled. And when you try and gauge that in another person, it's almost like impossible. Even if you were to talk to them, even if you were to ask them directly about the eight kinds of doubt, it would be very difficult to measure a person. It's not to say it's impossible. But uh, it is quite difficult. And so when you look at the three fetters, it's not necessarily the most straightforward way in order to gauge where another person is at. And so um, that's just to give you a bit of a idea, seeing as that most people will ask about the three fetters or even try and self-gauge. And remember that when you look at the suthas on lay people, quite often the Buddhas actually encouraging one to self-declare based on taking the three refuges, that you have perfect confidence in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And the fourth thing is usually either the Aryakantasila, so the virtues that are dear to the noble ones, or it could be that verse on generosity that we went through. 
There are other teachings in which the Buddha talks about stream entry, and those are more along the lines of um, understanding the Paticca Samuppada, the dependent origination, also the five precepts, precepts, but at the same time, that's alongside knowing um, these four desirable states of stream entry. And on top of that, there might be other teachings as well, um, being able to see through the six sense faculties, being able to see through the, um, the five aggregates of clinging. And really when you see through what the Buddha means is that you see the arising, but you also see the passing away. And also you see the danger of, the, of clinging, of uh, identifying with these things. And so uh, there's a number of aspects that really it's not uh, through gauging uh, these three uh, fetters, but really that's the result of being able to understand the Buddha's teaching themselves. And always when we come back to the simplest method of uh, seeing whether someone is actually uh, has entered the stream, probably the one that is most obvious is whether someone is actually acknowledging the Noble Eightfold Path. Because there are many people who believe that they see the arising and passing away phenomenon, that they, they think that they have abandoned the three fetters. But if they actually show that they're not actually walking the Noble Eightfold Path, that they don't possess the Noble Eightfold Path, then there's something not right there. And also um, right view may not be in existence. So there are a number of things uh, to, to contemplate. But I think out of answering this question, I think the main one to take heed of is that the Buddha does actually discourage us from trying to gauge, measure, judge another person's spiritual practice. But maybe that's why when it comes to some of these suttas, he actually asks us to self-declare based on our own assessment of holding up the mirror of the Dhamma to say, do we have these qualities? Do we um, practice the Noble Eightfold Path? So I'll offer that as the answer to the question that's been asked. And we can share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy and well. Blessings of the Triple Gem, wishing you all well. Pero en Saranay.